you can't yeah. do it right away yeah 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 well it's a lovely name well, so you. have you been using it professionally the um, new last name not really i use both mm -hmm. ethan has been with me for 44 years it's what everybody knows me as so mm -hmm. it's not a hyphenated last name. Stephen is my middle name now. And Wolk mm -hmm. is my last name. Mm -hmm. um, is it, and it's Wolk? Wolk. Yeah. Wolk. So it's like Wolk, but with a W. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's really nice to see you today. It's been a while since we've had one of these chats. Oh, it's so good to see you too. Yeah. It's really great to see you. Um, how have you been? Good. Um, I've been doing really well. Uh, still working primarily with critical therapy antidote and um our podcast there's been been going well we've had some really interesting guests and interesting topics so that's been good and we're expanding the network quite a bit and um that's been exciting to see so now we have a you know paid membership subscription which gives people the opportunity to um, have access to our peer consultation groups and some of the different speakers that we have that are coming on and um, some other um, really interesting content. And of course, we welcome members who are non-paid as well um, that have, uh, but they have a little bit more limited access to some mm -hmm. of the material and content. So, uh, but yes, it's been really good being on the kind of management team of that and watching it start to really flourish. And um, we've done a lot with just a small group of us, four people, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we've mm -hmm. done quite a bit. For the it's network, a lot of work so. and it's yeah, so necessary. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I still see referral um, requests going around. So yeah. it seems like there's still an active um, yeah. opportunity for people who are seeking, yes. uh, I guess, non-woke or non-ideological therapists non -ideological to contact yes. critical therapy antidote. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very much. And what's the best way for someone to do that if they were interested? In um, so if you just go onto the website and um, there's a, like a contact us, you can just um, hit that and it's actually info um, at criticaltherapyantidote.org. Uh, okay. That's the um, actual email address. But if you just go to the contact us, it should be there. Okay. And um, you can directly uh, send it to the info mailbox and we'll get it and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, triage them. And It's an internal directory. So, so that providers directory. don't have to be publicly Correct. listed. Correct. It's so, an internal directory. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to be publicly listed. Um, that's the whole purpose of having it go into just one mailbox that's sorted through by us. And mm -hmm. then we send it to the network, depending on what it is and if it makes sense, if it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, you know, people can, um, you know, offer their services if they do, which interestingly enough, we're getting a lot from Washington state. I don't know if that means anything, but mm. I've been that's seeing a lot going around from Washington state recently. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that doesn't really surprise me considering the political yeah. uh, culture. Yeah. And I, you know, I would expect to see more from California, but I, I think we're just in a different place here, mm. which that's for another, <laughs> another yeah, podcast. That's interesting. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what would, what would you suggest if people wanted to do that? What would the elements that they would need to include be to do like if they were looking for a therapist and they wanted oh, to inquire with critical therapy antidote yes yeah yeah so um just i mean i think the main thing is to kind of give a, a, a little bit of information about what you're looking for like what the issues are yeah. why you're seeking out therapy at this time 
Is it for you or is it for a friend or your child? Um, so that we have some demographic information. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, just, um, you know, what, you know, what you're hoping to kind of get out of therapy, what you're, you know, looking for, is it a kind of an acute issue? Is it something that, you know, you've been struggling with for a while? Um, and it's also helpful, um, to put in there how you found us, because that helps us figure out where we have some visibility and where we might need to raise our visibility in mm-hmm. other areas. Awesome. And, um, yeah, and that's, and that's it. And then it'll go out to the network. And if it seems like a match for one of the therapists, then they will reach out to the client directly. So that's the other thing is to actually leave some contact information mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. the um, therapist can reach out to the client. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't keep going back to us. And then, so you don't have to play back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Ray in the chat says Washington is slash can be a great place to live. I agree. Yes. I've lived in Washington since 2009 and I, yes. I love it here. I think it's beautiful and the people are really wonderful, but there are some, uh, some elements of the cultural climate that have been difficult. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely. I actually, I haven't, I did a uh, drive through Washington on my way to Canada mm-hmm. and um, I was really kind of blown away by some of what we saw just the um the land oh, so beautiful. beautiful oh it's so beautiful it's and I've never been there yeah I live in western Washington I live north of Seattle mm-hmm. and here it's it's I'm it's breathtaking just yeah, go for a drive sure. anywhere and you just it's like it's the, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the Snohomish Valley area and so you've got the Olympics on one side and the Cascades on the other, just mm. looking at these gorgeous snow-capped mountains and drive just a little bit west and there's the Puget Sound. And if you go east across the state, it's just it's just one amazing natural scene after another. Yes, like the that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just it's gorgeous. There's yeah. the the mountains through the Cascades, yes. it's like forested like dark green beautiful and then you open up as you get out towards Wenatchee and there's this bizarre like canyony area that feels very otherworldly and it's and then grasslands and then the scab lands as you go further east it's just I love this state so much I'm a Texan and (laughs) um and there's nothing like Washington but Yeah. yeah there's some there's some things that are um I lived in Seattle for about a decade. And when I first moved to Seattle, I really liked the, the the cultural climate because I felt like the, there were some elements of the, what I would have at that point associated with conservatism, which I don't necessarily anymore. I I think that there's more to it than that. But at the time I had this really binary sort of political polarized perspective and the things that I have associated with Republicans and conservatives. And it was really prevalent where I was from that I was escaping. And I, I felt very at home Mm. when I got up to Seattle. And then I felt like it's, it sort of became a bubble or I, I started to notice it being more and more of a bubble. And I saw this decay happen there. And now I hardly, I feel really sad for Seattle because it was such a lovely place. And now it's, it doesn't feel the same at all. It's just so sad because there's so many great American cities that have just now turned into just a pile of just garbage. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's easily say that about San Francisco and uh, even more so than Los Angeles, but it's really beautiful mm-hmm. um, city and just overlooks the Bay. It's just, it's a beautiful little kind of Island ish um, 
city that, you know, I, the same thing, the, the politics around decisions that have been made politically in a lot of, mm-hmm. it's, again, it's another podcast, um, have mm-hmm. led to it just being completely turned into just trash and yeah. just there's trash everywhere. It's really, is that where you live problem. in the Bay area? I live in Southern California. Okay. I live, yeah, I live about an hour North of Los Angeles. Okay. So the climate, the political climate here is different mm-hmm. than it is in LA. Um, it's still California, but it is different. Mm-hmm. You have a lot more of kind of the conservative value set here than you do down mm-hmm. um, in in Los Angeles. But um, to the extent that California can be conservative, it's not, um, you know, it's not so radically different either. I mean, there's, we still get a lot of kind of the bleeding in from all of the big cities um, mm-hmm. that kind of, dictate some of the policy around here and Mm -hmm. uh but having some distance does help for sure Mm -hmm. uh so this is kind of why we live out here in ventura county is to kind of get away from Mm -hmm. the um the political minefield that is los angeles now Mm -hmm. but i grew up in northern california so i'm very familiar with san francisco because it was uh i mean that was where we went on the weekends and Mm -hmm. we went to go eat at the good restaurants and to go, you know, for the beautiful holiday lights and I mean, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, it's close to my heart, even though I, I, um, I don't live there in that area anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful place with a lot of history and it's sad that yes. it's, that we're dealing with what we're dealing with in our major cities right now. Yes, absolutely. Well, it is in the chat, 97 cents says, what's the topic today? And so, um, <laughs> we, how many of these have we done? We've done a number of these, just yes. the two of us chatting and we yes. haven't done one in a while. So part of the topic is just to catch up. Um, Christine was a professor at Antioch university where I was a student. We weren't at the same campus or at the same time, uh, but we were both kind of dealing with what was going on in that specific university, but in the broader university system around these educational um ideological issues but we were coming at it from slightly different perspectives just because of our uh, she's faculty and I was I was a graduate student and so we started talking um I guess it would have been last November or late October something like that right after I started talking on this YouTube channel about we got in touch and and it's been really uh it's been great to follow your progress as you've moved out of that and processed that experience and have been talking and contributing to this wider movement of therapists and therapy professionals and and applied psychology professionals waking up to the problem that ideology presents in the field and just having a chance to touch on these topics. And somebody uh, sent me not that long ago, a link to the latest Antioch University graduation ceremony. And I shared it with you, Christine, and it's, I just, I, what, can I get your thoughts on that? What did you think when you saw that graduation speech? Was it, and who's the, the, I'm trying to remember, is it the president who's talking or the chancellor? The chancellor. Okay. So that would be William Groves. William Groves. Okay. What did you think when you, when you got that? Well, I mean, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> sorry. I just, I, I think 
I was a little bit shocked. I was a little bit shocked, you know, just even with the amount of social justice that's been infiltrated and it's very clearly out there. We've spoken about Antioch so many times and, you know, the, the, the program is probably one of the most, you know, radical kind of programs I think that are out, out there right now for clinical psychology. I was still shocked at how much they doubled down in the commencement speech on kind of this wokeism. You know, there's mm-hmm. a couple of comments that are made where the chancellor says they've been accused of being woke. And I kind of, I, I attributed that to some of the work that you've done to kind of expose what was going on with them. And maybe even some of the talks we've had, I don't know how many mm-hmm. of them have watched this stuff, mm-hmm. but it was really a pointed, almost direct attack that, you know, we've been called woke and we've been, a, we've been attacked for that. But I have to say, this is coming from the chancellor that I'm very proud to say that we are woke yeah, and proud of it. And the crowd goes wild and is cheering. And to mm-hmm. me, I guess I was very shocked because as much as that's Antioch's MO, to bring that into a commencement ceremony, which was really just supposed to be about congratulations, you've graduated. Now you're going to go on to the next phase of your you know, career. Let's celebrate the you know, different people that have contributed to the success of the program, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing that, that there was this personal, it felt like a very personal, he wanted to say it because he wanted to have kind of, he wanted to double down and have the last word. I mean, it felt very personal to me and that's why I was very shocked by it because I didn't think it was professional. Yeah. And that it seemed defensive to me. It was extremely, it was defensive. And then it was, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, we're damn proud of this. And, you know, we're just gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna, you know, double down on, yeah. on what we're doing. And so it was a pointed attack in my opinion, and it was defensive and um, unprofessional. And that's what surprised me. I mean, I almost couldn't really yeah, listening to it for too long because I was, I had to listen to it in chunks because I get very, irritated. well, it's really long. If you listen to the whole thing, I thought we could play yes. a little clip of it though, just yes. to show people I the tone and say, is this something that you're happy with having a university yes. do? I mean, is this, does this, like you say, you use the word unprofessional. I think that's a really good word. And it's also, uh, it just seems, uh, it, it's, it's got an angry sort of yes. that, that same activist indignation sort yes. of tone. And um when you say that it was seemed like he was almost calling out the the work that we've been doing or that I've been doing on this this channel, um that was how this individual who sent me the video found my YouTube channel. Was oh, he listened, he was attending the ceremony as a graduate. He was graduating yes. from this from Antioch in this program. And he's listening to this and he said he thought that that was really strange, the kind of the tone of this particular address. And it made him wonder, what are they talking about? So he started searching and that's how he found me. And then we ended up having, we ended up meeting and talking about it. And so it was, uh, that's great. Yeah, it was interesting, but I, in a way they're, they're kind of leading people to, to question them by, by giving this kind of tone. So let's go ahead and and let me, let me go over here. I'll share my screen and we can show a clip of it. So I'm going to do this and thank you all for bearing with me. 
yeah, in a way it's almost like it's helping drive more people to become more aware of your channel and the work you're doing. Yeah. And, and the criticisms of what the school is doing. So are you seeing my screen right now? All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play here. This is uh, Bill Groves, William Groves from the 2023 Antioch University, New England commencement ceremony. Can you hear that? Okay, Christine. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This year, I want to particularly thank the faculty of our clinical mental health counseling program. There's a lot of things I could thank them from for, uh, for being the amazing people, the inspirational faculty that they are for their students, um, for growing their program in so many ways in this university. Um, there's never been something that they haven't grabbed a hold of and taken and seized the opportunity. So I want to thank them for that. But mostly I want to thank them for their deep commitment to training practitioners to do not only, to become not only competent mental health healers, but to do that with a strong multicultural competencies through an anti-racism lens. The program has taken some recent criticism and heat Mm -hmm for their focus on our mission of multicultural competency and for being, quote, woke. So, let me be clear. Antioch is woke. (laughs) And I want to be clear that I support the faculty in their program and their teaching methodologies. Antioch will not bend, we will not apologize, and we will not waver in our mission of educating students to have a deep understanding of the multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic, pluralistic society in which we live, in which they will find their clients and serve their clients. Uh, We will not cower to bullies who use the word woke as some pejorative term. We are in an institution that has been woke since its inception in 1852 as an institution that would fight for social justice and democracy. So we have zero intention of changing that. So. And I think everyone knows that since 2016, it's been pretty clear that this country is at a very important inflection point in its 247-year experiment with the notion of democracy. We are seeing democratic values as a nation under attack in which demagogues seek to create division, to gain power, to gain election, and to even mount a coup. By denigrating the most vulnerable, the most marginalized people among us. We have seen over 400 bills in state legislatures in the last two years seeking to make it more difficult to vote. We are seeing an unprecedented I think I'm going to go ahead and stop. Because if people want to keep on listening to this, they can. And we can put this, I'll put the link in the chat, or in the, uh, not the chat, the uh, The the notes, yeah. 
So, I, you know, I'll let you comment first. <laughs> and can jump in. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. He's he's uh, do you see the tone? The tone, the tone is, is so angry. He's so angry. So defensive. And that is what this entire critical social justice activist movement, the the it is wrapped with that type of it, 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 it that type of tone and that type of defensiveness. And I'm looking at all of these professors in the back who are all white. Okay. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here thinking. Who are you as, you know, the, the, this group of white elitist looking people, in my opinion, to tell me how I'm supposed to think about the fact that I'm not white. You are telling me how I'm supposed to think about myself. You are in control of this narrative. You Mm -hmm. elitists are in control of the narrative. So in actuality, that is the white supremacy, if I'm going to even use that word tone uh, Mm -hmm. through which the school and how he was talking and just watching what that sea of of elitist looking faculty and professors Mm -hmm. looked like so to me it just I guess still ruffles my feathers quite a bit here um, and inflames me uh, quite a bit because you know I I feel like a little child here saying you're not the boss of me you know you're you yeah. can't tell me what to do don't tell me and how I'm supposed to think about myself tell me based on race about myself based on race or mm-hmm. based on gender based on anything mm-hmm. you know don't don't that that's not fair yeah and um you know it's uh, it's insulting as a matter of fact that here we are again looking to a group of of elite people to be told how we're supposed to deal with each other and how we're supposed to move through the world yeah so well, that to me is the epitome of supremacy. It doesn't matter whether it's white supremacy, elitist supremacy, you know, any other supremacy that you want to call it. That that's what that is to me. And I think it's taken me probably two or three years of speaking on this stuff and podcasts and being involved with this to mm-hmm. be able to say that I think that's actually what white supremacy looks like. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's kind of taken for me. Um, and I don't even want to say white. I want to say mm-hmm. this elitism, elite supremacy. That's really what it is. It really it is. is yeah. It's infantilizing. Yes. It so it does by, by definition, it has their, them set up as the parent. It's like this it, it, really, it really does paternalistic which, and yeah. <clears throat> which may explain why I feel like yeah. a little child. I mm-hmm. want to crawl in and say, Hey, you know, st- stop mm-hmm. being the boss to me. It's not fair. But, yeah. you know, the fact that they bring up 2016, it's a clear dig at, at, at Trump. It's a clear yep. dig at the, you know, the, the political movement of populism and whatever you want to call it at the time. Well, and it's a university professor saying it, yes. when, when he digs at a, at, at Trump, for instance, how is that appropriate in any way? And that is, he's using a university commencement address. Yes. Yes. to uh, rally for one political party against yes. another. I mean, I yes. can't even, I that, that, that shocks me still that they're yes. so blatantly uh, partisan. It's they their university. Very, <laughs> they are very blatantly partisan. And yeah. many letters have come from Bill Groves mm-hmm. to my inbox, suggest not suggesting, literally saying- Telling you how to vote. How to vote mm-hmm. and that we're- you know, we're all, we're all happy here. We know all of you are, we're mm-hmm. assuming that we all have this one, one mind, okay, yep. one, one, one collective mind that is so happy 
that you know the the Biden administration is 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 bringing back democratic values. Yeah. And you might as well hand over your the, ballot to Antioch when you absolutely work there or go to school there. Absolutely, and it's 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 amazing to me because I don't think we've seen a time in history, at least since I've been alive, which you know hasn't been that long, I guess, compared to the inception of the country. But um, we haven't seen a more fractured time um, mm-hmm. in in the world in in the United States, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. Um, just, you know, in my time, that's for sure, where we are more divided and more fractured than ever. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of interesting to me that there's a solution on how to bring us together as a country and all of the healing that would take place as soon as the administration changed, Mm -hmm. but absolutely none of that happened. And we're more divided now than ever. And that Mm -hmm. to me does not feel like a coming together. It feels like a, 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 a fracturing and a splitting apart. So Mm -hmm. not to get into politics too much, but who are they to be the ones mm-hmm. um, as a university uh, that's supposed to have some guardrails and boundaries around what they say about their own personal political beliefs and their own mm-hmm. personal political stances? There are no guardrails at all. Well, they could boundaries. be modeling that and that would be, that seems yes. to be an appropriate use of their position to yes. model that kind of yes respectful, um, respectful boundaries around, around yes. political expression. Yes. Um, you know, and I wanted to read a couple of the things that people said in the chat as we were listening yes. to that. Uh, Ray says, given the criticisms of the MIT, UPenn, and Harvard president's congressional performance last week, I bet the chancellor was defensive. And I just mm-hmm. want to point out, this is a video from May. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not. It's not recent. It's yes. not from, I mean, it's this year, it's their last graduation ceremony, but it's not in response to this. Yes. This is, this is just how they they're what they're responding to it sounds like the criticisms that that um that i and that christine and that others have been um speaking about uh yes. mirwar jumo says a strong competencies not grammatical i noticed that too many times throughout his speech it is it is not grammatically consistent or correct and and i think for a graduate commencement ceremony it would be nice to have a little more focus on <laughs> academic uh, capability, sure. maybe that would sure. that, but that's a small thing, maybe or maybe not. Maybe it's not a small thing. Maybe it's a pivotal thing. Um, and then somebody was talking about his clapping. I noticed that too. He he claps for himself and he claps into the mic. That might be a small petty thing to point out, but I did think that that was just poor form. You would think that somebody who's given a couple of those kind of talks would have figured out not to do that. But yes. Um, let's see. The only way Antioch will change will be to have their leadership replaced, which I hope happens in due course. Ash Brown. Thanks, Ash Brown. Yes. Uh, Ash Brown also says, Leslie, how do you feel after watching that? Is it worth pursuing any course of action against them? Yeah, I am actually working with an attorney and I have a claim against Antioch. So I don't know how that's going to turn out yet. These things are kind of slow, but, um, Yes, I do think it's worth it because I think that this stuff is really harmful. And I think, uh, and I, I even like when I say harmful that I step back from that and think, am I just using their kind of language or I'm framing words as harm? But I think that they're engaging in direct social engineering and they're, one of the things that they're doing is replacing uh, definitions. So you've, you've got this term, but we're going to just use a different definition. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's mm-hmm. been done with therapy in this case, because now this when he's talking about we, uh, 
we are unashamed of the fact that we are teaching counselors to be uh, to be competent with multicultural, multi-ethnic in our pluralistic yeah. Uh, society. Yeah, he, he keeps stressing this idea of multicultural competency. And that sounds nice. I mean, it's a really nice phrase. It sounds like, well, you live in a, in a yep. world with a lot of people from different backgrounds and you have to be able to, um, to kind of work with and understand and have the capacity to be open to all kinds of different perspectives and, and, and to, uh, you know, provide support for people from a, a bunch of different backgrounds. So that's what that sounds like. But I went to their school and I know that what they consider to be multicultural competency is racial stereotyping and anti-white propaganda. It's 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 white people are bad. White women's tears are over overvalued. White women are basic bitches, Becky's, nothing special. This is what yes. I was taught at Antioch. And people of color are oppressed and uh, don't have a shot and should be angry. And so it's this, it's uh, infantilizing and, and performative victim uh, teaching for, for one side and uh, just villainizing the other. So it's, it's a, their, uh, their version of multicultural competency involves division and racial stereotyping. So that's what they're doubling down on. And that's what they're supporting in that clip. They are. And I just, I wanted to also address something he said that, you know, they've been woke since the inception of the school, because I went to school there, you know, 15 years ago before I became a professor there. And that is not fully an accurate statement. Mm. Yes, they were interested in diversity and they were interested in, you know, um, exploring, you know, with your client rather than making an assumption that because mm -hmm. your client looks a certain way or your client even shares a similar background as you, that their experience was the same. There was a real big, you know, um, learn learning here on the importance of asking questions, be curious and wondering, and know that even if they look like you, it doesn't mean that they have had the same experience. And mm -hmm. that's what diversity was diversity was also a diversity of thought and a diversity of opinion and a diversity of, um, of perspective. All mm -hmm. of that was present at that time. I would really loved the school because of that, because I loved the fact that I could have a different idea or opinion and that I wasn't going to be shot down for it. So that is an incorrect statement that Antioch was always the way it is now. It was, has been like that since the beginning of the school. That's not true. They were always interested in diversity and in social justice, I suppose you could say, but the counseling program, the, the, the mental health program specifically was such a draw to me because mm -hmm. it did have a much more unique take on what diversity actually means. And that means that, you know, that means that you're going to have different opinions and that that was okay. And I was in courses where we actually had different opinions or approaches on things. And that was considered acceptable. Nobody was demeaned. Nobody was humiliated. Nobody was shamed. Nobody was written up um, or told um, by their advisor that, you know, they don't think they're a good fit for the school or that they're not going to get credit in the class or mm -hmm. whatever it is that they do now that's so punitive and so punishing. That mm -hmm. wasn't in place back then. So for him to kind of make those comments, it just kind of goes to show that he doesn't actually really know what the fabric of Antioch has been and what it's been known for. 
um, mm-hmm. until this crazy capture and takeover, this hijacking of ideology has 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 taken anything that was uh, at one time very precious mm-hmm. and very meaningful and turned it into uh, a very angry mm-hmm. and defensive and very one note mm-hmm. um, argument without the nuances that we experience as human beings. Yeah, it's that definitional manipulation it's it's like you're they're still calling it the same thing so what they were calling diversity training or multiculturalism before for you you saw that and it sounds like you and i were are are similarly oriented in this way that that's very appealing because you're talking about actually appreciating yes the diversity of of perspectives and and historical backgrounds and whatever you're you're appreciating diversity and and asking people to be aware of the fact that people are going to come from different places and you should have a sense of openness as yes. a therapist to what might what your client might bring and and not make assumptions about them but what they're doing is they're using those same terms multiculturalism multicultural competency diversity and they're it's like they've it's it's like they've hollowed out the term and stuffed it with a different definition yes. And yes. so it's the sleight of hand kind of thing where we're still calling it this and we've always stood for this, but what you're standing for now means an entirely different thing. Yes. You're standing for, um, like I was told, and, and, and I think that I can't stress this enough. It's Antioch, my faculty advisor at Antioch told me we are no longer training counselors who are going to be able to work with the Trump supporter. Yes. And so we know as a university, we are putting out counselors who are incapable of working with Republicans. Yes, 50% of the country. 50% of the country is is not only pathologized, but but outside the scope of our our, our diagnostic yes. training, we can't even help you. You're so far gone. You are just you're just a wrong thinker and you're evil yes. and we can't even work with you. There's not even mental health care available for yes. you if you are a Republican. Yes. And so at the point where a university is going to become that partisan, I I mean, I feel like they've just, they've completely lost the game. They've, they've, w- they've lost. Yeah. They've lost. They lost the game. They've lost, you know, they, they, um, mm-hmm. to think that you're going to sit in front of only Democrats, or you're going to mm-hmm. sit in front of only liberals or people who, you know, lean to the left or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, as the only, what, what's interesting to, to, to me is, you know, I'm, I'm middle Eastern, big majority of middle Eastern immigrants are Republican. This is a very little known fact, mm-hmm. but the reason why is they tend to favor, family businesses, they tend mm-hmm. to favor little government, they tend to favor, you know, religious, you know, um, you know, uh, freedoms to practice your own religion, because a lot of them that leave the Middle East are persecuted and, you know, have left a very dangerous living situation where there's been war and there's been, you know, the, the lack of being able to pre- freely practice your own religion, things like that, have your own businesses be protected, etc. So, if we're talking about BIPOC, what they're missing, I mean, they're missing this major big point here is that so many of the BIPOC group are actually Republicans. Mm-hmm. If we consider Middle Eastern to be part of that group. Mm-hmm. Also, if you take a look at Latino families and you take mm-hmm. a look at black families, and I worked with black families and Latino families where we had, you know, a kid that was gay in the family and the parents were very 
conservative and anti and would not accept that their child was gay. Th those families, those parents are the same people you're going to see for individual therapy or for family therapy mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. They themselves, you're going to be seeing very conservative people, mm -hmm. even if they are of color. Mm -hmm. So I think they're missing the boat here mm -hmm. on what kind of political background people have that are not white. Mm -hmm. They don't really understand that actually in so many of those other, especially when you have a very, a very Catholic Latina, Latino family who stresses Catholic values and who's very, you know, conservative with, with mm -hmm. those things, they may have a problem with the fact that their child is gay. They may have a, an interest in having their child, you know, be, be mm -hmm. converted or conversion therapy to become straight. This is not to put anybody down. This is to say that we need to open our minds mm -hmm need to be opened mm -hmm. that when you're looking at minorities, this isn't competency in my opinion. Right. They don't have a shred of competency in what minorities really think, what they want and how they present in therapy and what mm -hmm. their values are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're making such broad assumptions. Oh yeah. Which is really offensive. Very I, offensive. I mean, I would think um, sometimes when I would listen and I was in this multicultural competency class, and we, uh, we were being told to broach race early in the relationship with the client. So you're supposed to start off by asking the client how they feel as a, yes. as a, as an X kind of person with a Y kind of person, you know? So yes. you're, how do you feel as a, uh, as a woman of Middle Eastern background sitting yes. here with a white therapist? And it's like, yes. well, gosh, what kind of what kind of a presumptuous question is that? And how are, how is that going to help you with the problem that you are bringing into therapy? How, if that has to do with the problem that you're bringing in, then it's a perfectly appropriate thing to talk about. If that sure. is what you are talking about, if you're saying, sure. I feel so insecure about race and I'm thinking about race all the time to bring that in and say, well, how do you feel about that in this conversation? And how does this enter into our, into the dynamic that we have right here? Then it's, then it's apropos, but if you yes. are talking about uh divorce or yes, you know, job uh, loss or grief or something like that, to then bring that in is yes. just to chase down a new problem, just to yes. create and and what a way to enter. What if it were an older person too? And I, I would think this like yes. if we're an older person from a generation before we were talking about these things like this. It's a very good point. I mean those people are going to look at you very puzzled and mm -hmm. it right there, you've broken, you've already started in it with a relationship break between the therapist and the client. There's mm -hmm. already a bro a broken, you know, you know, injury in the relationship at that moment. Mm -hmm. And you're tr trying to build a foundation of rapport. You're trying to build a foundation of support. You're trying to build a foundation of non-judgment you're trying to build a foundation of, of trust and openness mm -hmm. and immediately, and this is even according to guidelines, you know, that have been put out by the APA, by the board of behavioral sciences, the guidelines on what is considered to be the um, ethical way to practice is to point out those kinds of differences from day one, before you even establish yeah. any kind of rapport or trust mm -hmm. or safety with the, with the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, what's so, you know, I guess, and it, it, what's so just disheartening to me is that mm -hmm. that disrupts the entire, you know, point of what therapy was supposed to be about. I mean, mm -hmm. even 
the earlier theories of therapy where we were supposed to be blank slates. And we don't really see it that way anymore, but the earliest of the theories mm -hmm. were that we were supposed to be blank slates, so much so mm -hmm. that a client would not be able to tell what you thought or believed or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was so that you could actually see that the, the, the client wouldn't self-censor. The client mm -hmm. would be open and, and would not self-censor and would come up with their own, you know, um, would, 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 you know, project onto you things that they really felt about themselves mm -hmm. that you'd be able to understand them that way. Those were like the very early, you know, mm -hmm. we've seen now that we need to be like, you know, compassionate and create a real person and real people <laughs> and have facial expression. Yeah, yeah. But the, the point I'm getting at, it's the whole foundation of therapy is that it's all about the other person and it's mm -hmm. all about the other person's experience and the other person's, you know, perspective. It's not about you know, put it, feeding into the, the conversation, what the therapist thinks you should be thinking or doing, or what you should be talking about or how the relationship should start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I, I wish we had time for, uh, more, but I know we both have, a, a, <laughs> a hard deadline today, but I really enjoyed having this conversation with you oh, today. It's been too long. Uh, and it's it's interesting to go uh you know touch base with where yes where that school is at right now and yes and and wonder and i i would love to it's too bad we didn't have a chance but maybe uh could you give just like a really brief summary of what's going on in the uk the movement that we've seen in the uk on oh, this yeah political stuff with therapy yeah so there was um there's a, a lawsuit that was brought forth to the UKCP, which is the UK Council for Psychotherapy. They're the mm -hmm. second largest professional body in the UK. So you could maybe equate it to the APA, although mm -hmm. I think the APA might be bigger anyhow. Um, but there was, you know, a suit brought because of um, the, ge the gender, critical gender theory type of model of practicing therapy, which is all based on affirmative uh, gender, you know, affirming mm. therapy versus exploratory. That's kind mm -hmm. of the big, you know, chasm that they were facing. Anyhow, there's a lovely man named James Esses who, um, you know, brought forth, um, a suit against, against them and, um, he won and mm -hmm. they put out a statement that is actually extremely, you know, hopeful for the UK and hopefully the U S mm -hmm. eventually will, will wind up here too. But basically what they said is that the UK CP recognizes that gender critical beliefs mm -hmm. that sex is both binary and immutable are protected under the Equality Act of 2010. The UKCP recognizes the validity of the professional belief that children suffering from gender dysphoria should be treated with exploratory therapy rather than being affirmed toward irreversible and potentially damaging medical intervention. Psychotherapists and counselors accredited by UKCP are fully entitled to hold such beliefs and any discrimination against them on this basis, including by the UKCP accredited training organizations is unlawful. Well, that's excellent. Wow. Yes. That is excellent. Huge win. Huge yeah. Win. So huge. we're very excited about our partners in the UK that have yes. had such a huge win. Well, it's I hope we see some movement here too. That would be wonderful. Yes. yes yeah, absolutely. James is <clears throat> excuse me he's great and i actually had a conversation with him yes a, uh last year i think at, mm -hmm. uh around a year ago so if mm -hmm. people want to look at that he talks about his experience in school you can find yes. him online as well he's been really prolific writing about this yes. and talking about it so yeah um 
but it's fabulous. I'll include a link in the description Perfect. to the conversation that I had with him. If people want yeah, to follow that, that'd be great. As well as the Antioch. Yes. As well as critical therapy antidote. And, yes. uh, and Christine, I hope to see you again before too long. Absolutely. Sure. will. thanks will to everybody you. who joined us in thanks the chat everybody. too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. As always. Great. Let me go ahead and go off here. My technologically challenged as always. See you guys later. <laughs>